Lovely Yahweh, thank you again for the opportunity to share your word, to share your truth, to share your wisdom with any that would hear the words, but listen to the message, Father, and go to your word. Go to the Bible, seeking that truth, seeking that wisdom, and seek your face, Father God, looking for you. You can be found. You just simply have to open up their spiritual eyesight, listen with their spiritual ears, and hear you and seek you. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity. Yet again, your breath in my lungs, you rise me on another new day. Thank you, Father. So I'm going to share some things that I'm quite sure are going to stir up some folks and get knickers all twisted up in a bunch and going to sit and squirm in the seat and whine and cry. And who do you think you are and who's he think he is? Well, remember what I always say, I don't care. Why? Because your validation is not what I seek. I would love for you to hear and listen to what I'm saying and go to the word of God and see if I don't share the truth, but you making declarations of, I'm gonna make sure he can't do this anymore, and so many things that people do say, and threats they make, empty threats that they make, and absolute absurd allegations. Um, I don't care, I really don't. It just doesn't matter as much to me as it seems to do to you. So. Saying that, I say this, my validation comes from my heavenly father, comes from Lord God Almighty, and I have my degree that was signed by him and my King Jesus, who is the vice chancellor of Heaven Sent University and also a signature of the Holy Spirit, who is my guidance counselor. So those three signatures on my certificate of validation trumps any from this plane of existence. Yes, it does. It trumps any, and I would put mine up against any. Even the really fancy ones have all the gold leafing on it like that. I'd put it up against them any day. So, enough of that. And brothers and sisters, don't misunderstand that. That is in way, no way, shape, or form meant to be a bragging. What that is is a meant to be a declaration of God's grace, his majesty, and his sovereignty, period. That's it. And too many people get on their high horse down here and try to, well, I'm... I'm going to get them a canceled I am, I am, I am. I'm going to make sure nobody listens I am, I am. And they do silly stuff like that. And you know, now we have this thing called the cancel culture. They make it a point to get on this social media network now, okay? I didn't call it that because I find it to be absolutely anything but that. It is very egregious, some of the things that you find on there. It's very um, destructive. I mean, when 
the internet very first started getting popular, you were seeing things in the media all the time where kids were committing suicide because of what was placed on the internet and pictures that weren't even real. They were made up because some smart kid figured out how, well, really not smart, some smart alecky kid figured out how to uh, photochop and do all that other stuff. And these kids committed suicide. That used to be a fairly regular thing in the news. And now you don't hear it at all. Rarely. And yet you hear so much of this other garbage that comes out on the so-called social media and so-called social platform and networking. It's ridiculous. But you have so many people that attack one another degrade one another, belittle one another, make fun of homeless people. Oh, they take great pleasure in making fun of homeless folks and making fun of veterans that are gimping around or in a wheelchair having a hard time getting up a curb or doing something. So rather than going to help, what do they do? They take great pleasure in taking a video, filming it, and then posting it where? On the social networking webcam. Oh, yeah. And they have people that are getting in fights where these uh, women attack one another at a gas pump because I guess one of them's child did something to the one's kid at school and she happened to see her at the gas pump and they got in a big old fight. But what's really sad about it is all the hooligans that are standing around there, they're watching it and they have their phones out there filming. Nobody is interceding. Nobody is helping. Nobody is being the peacemaker. Nobody is trying to keep them from fighting and hurting each other. They're laughing and filming it and putting it on the internet. Social media, social platform, social networking. Ah, it gets me agitated. It does, it does. So, that being said... <laughs> Okay, the old guy's done. Now I'm going to get into the meat of this thing and, and offer you some uh, food for thought to be considered. And I know this is just going to get some knickers all twisted up and knotted up, but that's okay. At least you're thinking about what I'm saying. And that's exactly what that phrase, food for thought, means. It's an old saying that's been around, goodness gracious, I think, uh, I used to hear it when I was a kid, and then, and then my mom used to say it to us kids when we were out doing, and something, something didn't quite work right, or we wound up doing something really foolish, and getting a little injured for it. And while we're getting bandaged up and taped up, then comes that profound statement. Well, now I guess that's food for thought. Of course, I didn't quite get what that meant at the time, but I learned what it meant. I never asked what it meant, but I know. And it means thought provoking. Think about what was said. Think about it. It is to be considered. It is to be considered. And I bring that up because I have some things that I want to share with you. And, and you know that I do this 
fairly often um, with the young contemporary artists that uh, that sing and the music that I hear them perform and I have in my playlist and um, certain things that I put in there and pardon me because I'm I'm thinking about wow <laughs> I'm just realizing now that this is exactly why I was doing it the the Holy Spirit had me dancing around and changing some things and moving things and now I understand why which is good it's a beautiful thing um my playlist is in a certain order and I have the opportunity to edit, move things around. And um, here in this last month, I guess, or maybe a little bit longer, maybe two, I've been moving some things around and changing order and the music to be played. And I have... I'm just, I'm relishing the fact that the Holy Spirit guided this and that what I'm sharing with you is because of that and and uh, what I've been reading and studying here. Um, anyway, um, my playlist is in a certain order. And you know that I've talked about these young artists and their music and that I... I have seen, because I've gone right to the scriptures after they're performing or while I'm still listening to other music, I go to the scripture and I find these things. What they're singing about, what they're playing comes from the word of God. This is not just something they wrote down and they made it. It comes from the word of God. And I've got this young woman who I, I love the music I love her singing. She's got awesome tonation. Nice, lovely young lady. But she sings a song called Rescue. And also, You Say. She sings about God's coming to rescue. But here's, something, here's more food for thought. Consider this, is that so many of us talk about God as if he's far, far out there in deep space in heaven somewhere, way off yonder in heaven, um, except that he's not. He's not. The kingdom of heaven is a place, and God is with us, and he said he is with us, in us, and with us, by us, for us, and around us all the time. And we just, we merely have to turn our head and say, Father. Or just speak his name even in a whisper. Now, if he was so far off yonder up there, it'd be kind of hard to hear us whispering. But he is God. And he watches all times. He watches us all the time. He does not sleep and he does not slumber. Because that's the kind of God he is. 
And those are the assurances that he gives us. But I'm bringing this up because when she sings in the rescue, he promises that he will come. In the darkest night, in the heaviest fight, it doesn't matter. God will rescue. And he promises that we are not forsaken. He will rescue us. And he tells us that we are not forsaken. We are his and he loves us. And the enemy tries to convince us of so many things otherwise and get us to believe that we're not worthy. He can't declare that because he does not have authority and he doesn't have that sovereignty. God has that sovereignty and God has told us in the scriptures that we do matter and that it doesn't matter. He knows that we're battered and scarred and bruised. It doesn't matter. Let me, okay, here's more food for thought. Another portion to put on your plate. Is there anywhere in the scripture that, that anyone has found, if you read the Bible, if you don't, then you get in there and do it. If you can find anywhere in the Bible that tells you that God didn't come and hang on the cross for certain people because he was waiting for them to become holy. He was waiting for them to deserve it. Taking a sip of coffee and that's all the time you have because you're not going to find it anywhere. I'm just going to, I'm going to give you a, uh, what do they call that? A spoiler. There's nowhere in the scriptures, nowhere in the Bible, anywhere that you're going to find that. What it does tell us in the Bible in John 3, 16, and I share this a bunch, don't I? Well, probably be because that uh, that pervert decides he wants to change it and say that it's wrong because God's trying to coerce us into believing in Christ and blackmail us. Interesting. Uh, foolish, interesting. But brothers and sisters, there's nowhere in the Bible that you're going to find that that he was waiting and that there are certain that were not given the opportunity because they weren't holy or they didn't deserve it. Well, let me share some more. I'm going to add little portions on your plate. Pretty soon you're going to, it's, I'm not going to stuff you because I'm just going to give it to you a little at a time. But if you go back and you read John 3.16, Read it all the way. John 3, 16, go down to verse 22, please. Because that pervert didn't finish reading it. And then he tried to say that God was not saying what he said. That he meant to say something else. And there's the other part of that. The other, let's, uh, I'm going to segue into that portion. The guy's a, bu a bubblehead in a fool and he's trying to say and he's one of those kind that says that God didn't mean to say that he he should have said it this way or that way well if God meant to say it this way or that way he would have said it God said it the way he said for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whomsoever there is the imperative that's the 
the striking home, the hammer on the anvil right there. Whomsoever. That means that red or yellow, black or white, Native American, Africans, South Americans, North Americans, East Americans, West Americans, Chinese, Russian, it doesn't make any difference. Every single, whosoever, that means anybody in this plane of existence that decides that, yes, I believe. Yes, I will have faith. Yes, I will follow the Holy Spirit. It doesn't make any difference where you're from. It doesn't make any difference if you're from China. It doesn't make, if you're Chinese, it doesn't make you a communist. It just makes you Eastern. And it makes your physical features a little different. That's all it does. And you speak a different language. And you might speak a whole lot faster than I do. But that doesn't make you a communist. And because you're from Russia, it doesn't make you a communist. Now, here's what happens to the Christians that live in those countries. They get thrown in prisons. They get killed. They get beheaded. They get tortured. They get shot and maimed. And they get beaten up because they are a, um, a public disgrace and a public nuisance. I finished a book for my class. And that book was called... A heavenly man. And this is about uh, Brother Jung. He is Chinese. And he was living over there and he was teaching. Scripture. Teaching about God. And he was beaten and tortured. And what they used to do is in, his, in the prison in his, his own country. They put him in a prison and they used to put him in the latrine pit. And his fellow prisoners were told that they had to keep him in line or they would be punished. So what did they do? They kept him in there, in the latrine pit. And they beat him up regularly. They tortured him regularly. And they thought that they had beaten him up so severely they had broken too many bones for him to do anything. And then on one occasion, he was handcuffed with his hands behind his back and he jumped out of a second-story window and ran away. This happens, brothers and sisters. This isn't, this isn't some old news that happened in 1910, 1911, 1912. This happened to this gentleman not too awful long ago, and it still goes on in countries today. As I shared with you, I had a young person, and I won't tell you what country they shared from, I know what country they shared from because they sent that to me, the message. But they were very appreciative of what they were hearing and learning. And that person happened to be from a country where they will shoot those that are carrying a Bible on the street. They will shoot you dead. And nothing's done. Person doesn't get arrested. They will shoot you dead and then kick you off the side of the sidewalk into the gutter where they park cars and nothing is done. It happens. It really, really happens. 
There are countries where they move you to the most desolate place where they will take you and throw you in a deep, dark hole in the ground and leave you down there until they decide to get you to and take you to jail. And then they'll sentence you to more time in that deep, dark hole because you won't renounce God. The only saving that you have is if you renounce your faith in God and deny that Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God and that you believe in the Holy Spirit. So let me ask you this about that, more food for thought. Would you do that to save yourself from being put in prison? Brother Young did not. He confessed to Christ the Savior even more. And he sang in the cells louder, like Paul did when they were in prison. Remember when they were that... I shared that with you where they were singing songs and worship to God. And the prison guard thought that he was going to be put to death because all the gates, they opened, the doors opened. And he thought, oh, here we go. Now I'm going to die. Paul calmed him, said, we're not going. We're not going anywhere. It's okay. You are not going to be put to death. You are not going to be in prison. We're not going anywhere. We're going to stay right here. That's all okay. We're just going to keep praying and praising God. And he joined them. So this rescue and what God tells us, who we are and what we are, we are children of our Heavenly Father. And he loves us and he wants to be with us. He wants us to be with him. That's who we are and that's what he says. And he will come. I shared with you in the other scriptures, Matthew 16, 21, 17, 23, Luke 9, 22, Psalm 37, Psalm 39, Psalm 37, 39, and 40. And Deuteronomy 3.22, Deuteronomy 1.30-32. All of the scriptures talk about God coming to rescue, God coming to fight for us. And that's just a few. There's many more. But also what's important is in those scriptures, it talks about, um, and we find that um, in Isaiah, it talks about Christ holding us up like his child. So Lauren Daigle sings those two. And then there's another song called The Commission. It's performed by a group called Cain. And that is talking about the commission that we're given by Christ Jesus. And I bring that up because I want you all to make sure that you understand this. The commission is a thing that we are supposed to do. And also an interesting thing, here's some more food for thought for you, something to put else on your platter. I noticed that some of you are, were getting a little bit of that plate empty, so I want to make sure you have more on it. Have you ever looked at that word? Co-mission. Commission, it's pronounced, but it's a co-mission. 
Why is it a commission? Because we're on it together with Christ Jesus who came and died to make a reality that anyone who desires to believe can be saved, can be redeemed, can be rescued. And they are adopted into the family of God and become heirs and joint heirs with Christ Jesus, the King of heaven, our King, the only begotten Son of God who came and died and was crucified. God came and manifested in the flesh, was hung on the cross, he was murdered, crucified for our sake. And on the third day he rose. He rose from the dead. Wow. So saying that to say this, we are on a commission with him, but here, this is important. Now, there's some people that go off and they, um, I'm gonna share that word with you again, that, that phrase half-cocked, where they go off all excited and they're not in a good place or a, a safe place and they just, they go uh, back in a long, long time ago. This was, oh my goodness, I think this was still in the days of flint flocks or whatever. And when you half-cocked a rifle, you had everything ready to shoot, but if you half-cocked it, you couldn't pull the trigger, or if you tripped and fell, you couldn't accidentally discharge your weapon. So you didn't shoot somebody by mistake. And it allowed you to be at the ready, but not ready. You know, you understand that. You get the difference? Allowed you to be at the ready, but not ready. That means that you all you had to do is pull it back with your thumb really fast so you can do some things, and then you are ready to fire. So you are at the ready, but not ready. Well, it's the same thing that Christ Jesus was trying to get us to understand and the disciples to understand. To get you ready to go, but you weren't quite ready, so what did he tell them? He was getting ready to leave. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. Actually, let me jump back up a little bit. Jesus had come back and reappeared. And he was talking to them. And he tried to calm them and soothe them. Showed him his wounds and the things. And they were still wondering. And so he was trying to calm them. He said, have you any meat? Because they thought they were seeing a ghost. They thought it was a spirit. So they, they were unsure. They were afraid still. And he took it and he ate before them. And he said unto them, these are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you that all these things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Now, I've shared this with you before, that you go back and you follow the rule of faith, regula fidei, the rule of faith. You go back into the Old Testament. And what is he talking about right here? Now, he's talking about the the 
the Pharisees and all, they called the law of Moses, but the law was um, given to Moses to deliver. But what Jesus is talking about, the first five scrolls that Moses wrote, the first five books that were written or the scrolls that were written in Torah, that the Sadducees, that's the only ones that they read. They don't read anything about the prophets, okay? So Christ is telling us that you go back and you follow the rule of faith, you will find that I was talked about. And I've shared that with you. You go back to the Old Testament, you will find many, many recounts of prophets and people. I've shared with you David, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel. They all talk about Christ. They talk about the virgin birth. They talk about him being a counselor and the seat of government will be on his shoulders. They talk about this. And here's Jesus himself in Luke is right. The physician is talking about what's written in the laws of, um, sorry, I say again in, in 44. And he said unto them, these are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. So in the book of the prophets and in the book of Psalms that David wrote and in the books that Moses wrote, you find testimony that speak to Christ Jesus and that he is coming. And there are also prophetic words of his crucifixion. They're there. They can be found. Then he opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures and said unto them, thus it is written, and thus it behoves Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. What does he tell, what's he's, he's, this is sort of a, a preamble to the, the Great Commission. But it starts at home. And where are they? In Jerusalem. For most of them, that was home. And ye are witnesses of these things, as we can find in John 15, verse 27 specifically, and Acts 1. 8 and 22. It speaks about these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye, that means wait, ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. What's Jesus talking about? Yeah, I want you to go and do this and share this word with everybody. But I want you to wait until the Holy Spirit comes. And when you are endued with power from on high, and that means when God releases the Holy Spirit and comes and gets on you, and you get ready to go, then you go. Don't go half-cocked, and you're not going to go. I'm telling you that's what I want you to do, and I want you to share that with everyone and give everyone the opportunity to be saved 
everyone. That means anybody in authority that might not be doing good, you do not judge them because that's not your authority. You just tell them that they have an opportunity to be saved. And if they reject that, that is their choice. Don't argue with them. Don't confront them. You, you don't have that. You don't have that, uh, I dare say the word, and I, I, I'm not going to. Then it's, it's just not your authority to decide whether or not they get it. We're told to do it. But the important thing is that it's truth and only the truth, the word of God. Don't go off half cocked, half ready, and not ready. And he told the disciples to wait in Jerusalem until they got that blessing from God. When they got it, then they would be ready to go. Then they would be ready to go. And the disciples, as we find in the book of Acts, when they get together, I'm going to read from uh, Luke's writes this, and I'm going to start from 1 1. The former treatise, treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. Now, Luke wrote the book of Acts, and he also wrote, of course, Luke, and he wrote about it before. Until the day in which he was taken up, after that, he threw the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostle whom, apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs. You couldn't argue with it because it was there. They were in a closed locked room and then all of a sudden he was there. Seems pretty infallible to me to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days and speaking things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So after he was raised from the dead, for 40 more days before he was transfigured and glorified and taken to heaven, he was walking and talking. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. So, Luke wrote about it in his book, and we also find it here in the book of Acts. And then we find that what happened in the upper room in chapter 2 of Acts. 2 verse 1, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came, oh, Abba Yahweh, there came a sound from heaven, the sound of the breath of God came down from the throne as of a rushing, mighty wind. The doors were blown open and it came 
flying through that room. And on each one of them, there was a tongue of fire. And then they started, as others were claiming, that they started babbling, couldn't understand anything. They were like they were drunk on wine. Well, they sounded like babbling because nobody could understand it except those who were meant to understand what was being said. And there were many that were gathered there that could. Those that were not and doubtful, but you had many that came from outlying regions and areas, and some even from different countries. They could understand what was being said because they were praising God in their own language. But it sounded like babbling because it was the Holy Spirit. So now they've got that and they're getting ready to go out on the Great Commission. And then as we read further, the disciples go and Paul went out as he was instructed, wound up being put in prison. And uh, as I've shared with you, there are probably 80% at least of Paul's letters and his writings that he did from prison. But that is what we're given. Now, there's another group of young artists and it's called The Need to Breathe. And they do a song called Testify, which is what we are told to do when we go out on that great commission that Christ Jesus gave to us. That we're to testify, we're to give witness of what we know. Don't make up stuff. You only share what you know, share the truth. Let your yea be yea and your nay be nay. Nothing more, nothing less. Don't make things up to vaunt yourself to a higher position than what you have. And that's to serve God and to serve your fellow man. Speaking the truth, testify to Christ Jesus as we are told to do. And their other song, Who Am I? Well, I'm going to tell you who you are. If you're a true believer, you have faith in God and are guided by the Holy Spirit, then you are a child of God. You are an heir and a joint heir with Christ Jesus. And you have been invited to do so because of what you believe, what you have been invited to believe and because he died for you. And those songs testify, and who am I? It's from that group, Need to Breathe. Breathe in the breath of God that comes from the throne of heaven. And then in that lineup, <laughs> are my other young men, and I love their music, they're called, they're called the Newsboys. Why do they call them that? Well, because they're singing about the gospel. 
the good news. That's all the word means. Remember, I shared this with you. The word gospel doesn't mean that it's separated from the Old Testament and talks about Jesus. The word gospel simply means good news. It's a Latin phrasing that means good news. Nothing more. Good news. You have the gospel of God the Father, which is in the Old Testament and talks about God. And then you have the prophets that also talk about Christ Jesus. But the word gospel, the good news, the newsboys, they sing about it. And they have a, a beautiful, our pastors actually got in our worship group to put that in our lineup at church. And I love it. The song he reigns. And it drowns out the, Af the Amazon rain. And if you've ever been in a jungle canopy and it starts raining, it's very loud. Been there, done that. It's very loud. So loud that you can, across the room, I, I got, my room here is 12 by 12. It's actually, well, this is a big room. I didn't, <laughs> I just took a look and realized the foot measurement here. But with the rain coming down on the canopy, it's really very, very loud. And it's talking about the holy gospel choir that drowns out the Amazon rains. And the forces of darkness can't stop that sound. They can't stop it because he reigns. Jesus Christ is the king and he's coming back as he promised he will. The assurance that we have that he's coming back. He reigns. And then there are other song they perform. You are my king. And it talks about him coming and sacrificing and being crucified. My king did that for me. He saw me from way over there. And he said, I'm going to go die for him because I love him. So I'm going to go do that for him because he needs me to do that. So I am. Oh, look, look at all those other people that need me to do that. I'm going to go for anyone who says that they believe they will have faith and they will follow. I'm going to do it for anyone who, who, anyone who wants to do that. Anyone who declares that, I'm going to do it for them. All of them. Because I love them so much. I don't want to flood this earth. I don't want to do that again. I want everyone to have an opportunity. So brothers and sisters, <laughs> I got a little chuckle going with that because the Holy Spirit had me put that in lineup. And going back and doing this, I saw that he's got it in a specific lineup for that reason. Consider this. 
He rescues. He says that I'm his. He says that I'm, that I'm love. And when the devil tries to get me to believe that I'm not, we are given that great commission. And we testify to that. Christ is my king. So all of these things I shared with you, it is considering. And it is a very clear and interesting ordination that was given to me by the Holy Spirit to do that. And I started... I started filling around and doing and and uh, doing my uh, oh for Pete's sake I'm sorry the word just went right out of my head when I was editing the lineup in my in my playlist I had these songs they were in different locations so I took them down I gathered them and I put them in order and in doing my studying and preparing for this I looked back and I realized that these are in a certain ordination because this is what the Holy Spirit <laughs> wanted me to do. Wow. First declaring his rescue and that I am indeed who he says I am. Wow. And as I've shared with you that these, uh, the, the seed thought that I give to you that it that it uh, that it sprouts and that it's just truth that I share with you brother and sister this is the truth I, I don't I don't make up stuff to try to make myself to be something greater than what I am that's not what this is about that's not what I'm about this is to share his truth his knowledge and his wisdom as he shares with us, and he will. All you have to do is ask him. And as I've shared with you that the messages from these uh, young artists that share these things, they come from scripture. I have gone and looked some of these things up because I just got curious. It's, I said, I have seen that in print. I know I have, and I look it up, and there it is. It is in print, in the Bible. And the word of God. And they put it to music. I'm sure that our Heavenly Father really likes to hear that. When they're playing, I, I know he does. I know another group that I think he likes a lot. And, uh, oh, goodness gracious, I forgot the, oh, Casting Crowns. I haven't heard from them in a while. I'm going to have to look up some of their stuff. But I know that they do a couple songs. And I know he really likes the drum songs. Man, can you imagine those drums going around the city of Jericho? Oh, my goodness. But the stuff is all scripture. And it's all his truth and testimony to Christ Jesus. And it is sharing that truth testify to you of his great commission. And as the song shares with us, I am a child of the king. 
It is his breath that is in my lungs every day. Every day, brothers and sisters, he gives me a new breath and I get up and I move around. I'm, I'm getting older and there's some things that are getting difficult, but you know what? I just, the Lord puts his arm under my arm so I don't fall over or fall flat. And I just make a point to keep on moving and keep on moving and keep on moving because it is about his business that I am about. He does reign. He is my king. He is my heavenly father. He is my love. He is my teacher. And any of you that choose to have that in your life, it can be so too. He guides me by his Holy Spirit. I've shared the scriptures of his rescue and his fighting for us and his assurances. Remember, there's a difference, a big difference. We don't have to pay God for any of those things. Those are his assurances, his word, his truth. And I think I shared with you that old hymn. It, it was one that was sung when I was younger in church. Blessed assurance. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a forced taste of glory divine. Old song. I think Hank Williams sang that and then uh, Alan Jackson sang it a long time ago. Man, I was just a, uh, just a little bit. But brother and sister, these words that I share with you, this testimony of Christ Jesus, this truth that comes from God through the Holy Spirit to share with you. You are in my prayers, on my going out, my coming in every day. And what I share with you is truth and only truth. Be blessed.